savior, living in danger. Call upon the one who laid in the manger. Pray to the one who wrestled with Jacob. Glorify his name for the goodness sake of not just for your eternity, but for all of the kids. Growing up, being told that the man who created this world handcrafted your soul does not exist. What? Lion of Judah, follow the truth of the cause and root of the one who's higher than all earth's rulers. Never has the band one more true word. You Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on the Lion of Judah podcast. I'm your host, Noah Ward. And on this episode, we are going to talk about how to stay strong in your walk, especially when it gets tough and staying consistent. Now, I have a lot of Bible verses that I'm going to share with you today. So if you guys want to take notes, that would be great, especially when when you come into times like this. It's always it's always good to have a resource in the Bible where you can open it up and get that word of God flowing through you, that motivation, that inspiration, that guidance from God himself. Now where I'm going to start off, we're going to start off in Matthew chapter 8 verse 23. It says, now when he, speaking of Jesus, got into the boat, his disciples followed him and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with waves, but he was asleep. Now, tempest means a storm, a great storm arose. You see, Jesus got onto the boat and his disciples followed him onto the boat and they went out into the sea, right? And this great storm rose up around them, similar to how you could be in life following Jesus and you could be following the Lord and all, all of a sudden, this great storm comes around you, takes control of the circumstance. It feels like you're no longer in control of your circumstances, where all you can see is the storm around you, the storm brewing up, the waves coming over the ship, rocking back and forth. Then his disciples came to him, verse 25, and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. You see, even though they were on the boat with Jesus, they thought that they were perishing. They thought that they were in peril because of this storm. They thought that this storm was going to take their life. They thought that this storm, even though they were with the Lord, they thought that this storm was going to be the end. They said, Lord, save us. We are perishing. So they called out to the Lord and said, save us. Save us, Lord. Verse 26, but he said to them, why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? You see, the error in the disciples' thinking was that they were focused on the storm. They thought that the storm had power over them. They thought that the storm and its great might, and its wind, and the waves rocking the boat, crashing. They thought that the storm had power over them, even though they were with the Lord. Even though they had already given their lives to Jesus Christ, they thought that the storm had power over them, and they were fearful. So Jesus rebuked them, as he would do with us, and say, Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid of the storm? Don't you know? 
I have control over your storms. Don't you know I have control over your circumstances and your situations? He said, oh, you of little faith. You see, we can come in times in our life where we do have little faith. Little faith. Where we see the storm. Yes, we know Jesus is with us. Yes, we know the Lord is on the boat with us. Yes, we know Jesus is in the storm with us. Pay attention. Jesus was not outside of the boat. Jesus was not outside of the storm. Jesus was on the boat in the middle of the storm. But what was Jesus doing? Jesus was sleeping. Jesus had perfect comfort, perfect peace. He slept. He slept. Jesus was in the middle of the storm and he was able to sleep. Why? Because in Jesus there is perfect peace. There is perfect comfort. And we can sometimes lose sight of that. We can sometimes look at the storm and focus on the storm in our lives instead of focusing on he who has the peace. He who has the comfort. He who controls the storm. He arose, it says. Jesus arose and he rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. So Jesus rose up from his sleep. And then just made the storm just go away. You thought the storm was the problem? Well, let me just make the storm go away then. <laughs> but there was a lesson to be learned. There was a lesson to be learned in this story because when we are on the boat, when we are following the Lord and all of a sudden the tempest rises and the waves start crashing against our ship and we feel like we are perishing, the Lord is with us. The Lord has control over our storm. The Lord has control over our circumstance. So we are to trust in the Lord. When we go through the storm, the Lord can ask us, Why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Why are you fearful? Don't you know that I am the Lord? Don't you know that even the winds and the sea obey me? Don't you know that your circumstances obey my word? You see, we move over to John chapter 16, 33. And Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So Jesus is saying, he's telling you these things. He said in the verse before, he said, Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. You see, the Father is with you always. And Jesus tells you that the Father is with you always, that the Lord is with you always, no matter what the storm is. No matter what the circumstances, the Lord is with you always. And why did he tell us that? Is it because things are always going to be comfortable? Is it because we're always going to be at peace? Is it because the, the weather is always going to be fair? Or did he tell us that because we are going to have seasons where we come into storms? Did he tell us that because we are going to go through hardships? Did he tell us that because we will come into times in our life where we have to stay strong when things get tough? He said, these things I have spoken to you, that in me 
you may have peace. That in Jesus you may have peace. In Jesus, who is perfect peace, who is perfect comfort, who is perfect love, you may have peace. Why is that important to remember? He goes on and he says, but in the world, we live in the world, right? He says, in the world, you will have tribulation. He promised that. He said, in this world, you will have tribulation. You will have troubles. You will have storms. You will have hardships. You will have things that you have to go through to where you have to stay strong. You have to remain consistent. You have to stay in your walk with Christ. Understand, like I've said before, Jesus Christ has complete control over your situations, over your circumstance. He is able to calm every storm. He is able to subside every wind, every tempest. Jesus has control. And he says, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Well, that doesn't make sense. How am I supposed to be of good cheer when I'm in the middle of a storm, Lord? How am I supposed to stay peaceful? How am I supposed to keep my comfort when I am in the middle of a storm? He answers that question next. He says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So anything that you go through in this world, anything that, any storm that you face, any trial, any tribulation that you go through, be of good cheer because you are walking with one who has overcome the world. The whole world he has overcome. Everything that you will face in this world, Christ has overcome. Christ has overcome every trial, every situation, every circumstance, every, everything you can ever go through all the way up until death. Christ has overcome the grave. Now in James, the book of James, chapter 1, verse 2, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. What is James saying? He's saying that when you come into your trial, count it, count, it, count it as all joy. Be joyous, like Jesus said. Be of good cheer. Why? Knowing that testing your faith produces patience. How are you going to gain patience in this world? How are you going to learn how to be long-suffering if you don't have a time come into your life where you need to be tested? How are you going to develop faith if you never, true faith, if you never come into a time in your life when your faith is tested? How are you going to really know that you can rely on Jesus Christ if that reliance is never tested? If he doesn't put you into a situation where he proves to you that he has power over your storm. If you never come into a situation where he shows you by the words of his mouth, he can calm the winds and the waves. And sometimes he doesn't do it right away. Why? Because the testing of your faith produces patience. 
When you wait on the Lord, when you wait on the Lord, He will give you the strength. But Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So when you're going through your trial, understand that if you wait on the Lord, you will have your strength renewed. You will mount up with wings like eagles. You will you will run and not get tired. You will walk and never collapse. God is good. Just wait on the Lord during all of your troubles, all of your trials, all of your storms, all of your circumstances, all of your situations. Romans chapter 8 verse 18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall, that shall be revealed within us. He says, for I consider that the sufferings of the present time, the stuff that you're going through today, the hardships that you're facing today, the stuff, the muck, the mire, the storm, the tempest, none of this, the persecution, the afflictions, the tribulation, none of this is worthy to be compared with what awaits you. In the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of heaven. It's not even worthy to be compared. The worst day you've ever experienced on this life. The hardest day you've ever experienced in this world. The worst thing you've ever gone through. Is not worthy to be compared. With the glory that God will reveal to you. That awaits you. In your future. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. What did that say? Did that, it said, and we know that what? Some things, a couple things work for good. Half the th No, what does it say? Verse 28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. What does that mean? That means no matter what you're going through today, God allowed it for a reason. You know why? Because He's going to work it together for good in your life. For good. He's going to work it together for good, not for evil. The book of Jeremiah, he says, I know the thoughts that I think of you, think towards you, not thoughts of evil. But he thinks towards you thoughts to give you a bright future, a good life. He's going to prosper you in the peace of his kingdom. And this is his plan for you. He's not going to send you through a trial to burn you up and turn you into dust and dirt and collapse you and make you shake your fist at the world. No, 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 no. You see, that's what the world does. People who don't know God when they go through struggles, when they go through hard times, they shake their fist. They're mad at their situation. Ah, 
Why me? Ah. You know, sometimes we can ask that question too. Why me? Why me? Well, we just read that we go through trials to build patience. We just read that all things work together for good according to those who love God. We just read that the sufferings that we're going through are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. You know why we go through trials? Because they build character. They shape us to be more like Jesus Christ. You see in Genesis, when God is talking to the serpent, he says the seed of the woman, talking about Jesus. He says, he will, you will bruise his heel, but he will bruise your head. Understand that. The serpent bruised the heel of Jesus. And we are the body of Christ. So if the body of Christ got bruised, understand that because we walk in Christ, we also have to take part of that bruising. But what else does it say? It says we will crush the head of the serpent with our foot. Absolutely. But we can't do that unless we have the proper patience built. Unless we have the proper faith built. Unless we have the proper character developed. And guess what? Your trials and your tribulations do just that. Understand that when you go through the storm, you're with the Lord. All you have to do is cry out to Him. And He will comfort you. Lean on the Lord with all of your strength. Like Proverbs Chapter 3, verse 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Going back to the disciples on the ship in the storm, their understanding told them that they were perishing. They looked at the storm, they leaned on their own understanding, and the storm told them that they were going to perish. You see what they were doing? They were trusting in their own heart. They weren't trusting on the heart of the Lord. You see the heart of the Lord allowed him to sleep during it. But they leaned on their own understanding. But what did they do? They acknowledged the Lord. They said, Lord, Lord, do you not see what's happening? And you go to verse 6 of chapter 3 of Proverbs. Right after it says, In all your ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths. He says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Verse 7, he says, fear the Lord and depart from evil. Now, what does that mean, fear the Lord? That doesn't mean shake and tremble. Oh, Lord, you're going to hurt me. You see, the fear of the Lord means acknowledge him when you make your decision. When you make a decision in your day. How are you going to behave? How are you going to act? How are you going to talk to this person? How are you going to dress yourself today? How are you going to start your day? The fear of the Lord tells you that you ask the Lord's opinion first. Lord, how should I do this? Lord, how should I feel about this? Lord, how should I think about this? That's why it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Because before you were trying to lean on your own understanding. But the Lord who has control over all of your circumstances, good and bad, 
Once you came to the Lord and started seeking the Lord's opinion on how you should handle things, that became the beginning of your wisdom. The beginning of your understanding of how to fully operate in this life. Because when we lean on our own understanding, we can think that the storm is going to make us perish. We can think that we're going to perish in the storm. We're going to perish in the circumstance. When we lean on our own understanding, we can think that the storm has power over us. And then Jesus will have to rebuke us and say, why are you so fearful? Oh, you of little faith. See, when we lean on our own understanding, it's hard to have faith in Jesus Christ because our own understanding tells us that we're going to perish during this. The message of this, of this mess, well, the title of this message, excuse me, is how to stay strong in your walk when it gets tough. You see, your understanding of the situation is that it's tough. It's hard. It's a storm. But how do you stay strong? By not focusing on the storm and focusing on he who controls the storm. Not focusing on your circumstance, but focusing on he who controls your circumstance. Going to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. He says, rejoice always. Not sometimes. He says, rejoice always. That's verse 16. Rejoice always. That's sufficient for a whole verse in the Bible. Rejoice. When? When do we rejoice? Always. Verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. That's sufficient for a whole verse right there. Pray without ceasing. Now, does that mean you have to be down on your knees? All day long, all 24 hours? No. I recommend spend as much time on your knees before the Lord as much as, you, as, as much as you can. But praying without ceasing means to have a constant line of communication opened up with your Father in Heaven. Always giving your thoughts, thinking about your day, going through, the filter, going through His filter. Just constantly in communion with Him in relationship with Him, walking in the power of your spirit. When you pray without ceasing, you're not focused on your storm. When you rejoice always, you're rejoicing through your storm. When you pray without ceasing, you're not focused on your circumstance, focused on the Lord, rejoicing always. Verse 18 says, In everything give Thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, concerning you. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Your circumstance today is the will of God. Well, how could God make me want to go through a storm? How could that be the will of God? Weren't, weren't we just explaining this? What does the storm do? What does the circumstance do? It builds your faith, it gives you patience, it gives you character, it makes you more like Jesus Christ. There's a purpose for everything that we go through. Everything, good, bad. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. He says, a time to be born and a time to die, 
A time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love, a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Not only does God fix the standard and withhold or dispense satisfaction, but he also appoints seasons and times. Earthly pursuits are good in their proper place and time, but unprofitable when pursued as the chief goal. See, the goal of the season isn't to go through the season. The goal of the season is to strengthen you, good or bad. There's a time for joy. There's a time for the storm. Both of these have, have a purpose. A time for every purpose under heaven to everything. There is a season. You see, if you want to really get some good motivation, some good inspiration through any time in your life, hard, bad, when your friends are turning against you, people are rising up against you, and all you're doing is trying to serve the Lord, because that will happen. For example, Psalm 42 says, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they continually say to me, where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God. With the, voy of, with the voice of joy and praise. With a multitude that kept the pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan and from the heights of the Hermon, from the hill Mizar. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night his song shall be with me, a prayer to the God of my life. 
I, I will say to, the, to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy as with breaking of my bones? My enemies reproach me. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why have you cast down? Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? Why are you disquieted in me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. The help of my countenance and my God. So you see, the psalmist here is going through some stuff. You see what I'm saying? He said, I used to go with the multitude. I used to be with all these people, going to the house of the God, going and worshiping and praising. But they turned on me. Now they rise up against me and say, where is your God? He says, my tears have been my food day and night. My soul thirsts for God. He says, I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? But what does he say? He says, for I shall yet praise him. The help of my countenance and my God. He goes from God, why have you forgotten me? To I'm still going to praise you though. You see the enemy is rising up against me and oppressing me. But I'm still going to praise you. Because you are God. My rock. He says, I will say to God, my rock. Why have you forgotten me? But God didn't forget him. You see, when we go through trials, what is God doing? He's testing our faith. And sometimes it can feel like God has forgotten about us. That's how the psalmist felt. He felt like God forgot about him. But regardless of how he felt, he did not lean on his own understanding. He trusted in the Lord with all of his heart, even though his friends, the people around him were saying, where is your God? He trusted in him with all of his heart. All of his heart. All of his heart. Psalm 40 says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it in fear and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done, and your thoughts towards us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, my ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. Then I said, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book it is written to me, I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness in the great assembly. Indeed, I do not restrain my lips. O Lord, you know yourself. I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. 
I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly. Do not withhold your tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let your loving kindness and your truth continually persevere in me. For innumerable evils have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of my head. Therefore, my heart fails me. He's talking about his guilt. He messed up. He did something wrong. And he's saying, Lord, I can't even bear to look at you. He says, be pleased, verse 13. He says, be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed and brought to mutual confusion who seek to destroy my life. Let them be driven backward and brought to dishonor who wish me evil. Let them be confounded because of their shame who say to me, aha, aha. Let those who seek you Rejoice and be glad in you. Let such as love your salvation say continually, The Lord be magnified, but I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinks upon me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O oh my God. He says, but I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinks upon me. I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinks about me. The Lord thinks good thoughts towards me, though I am poor and needy. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though the waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come behold the works of the Lord who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars to cease. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The Lord of hosts. That means the Lord over the angel armies in heaven. The entire army is on our side because the commander of that army is on our side. Psalm 63 says, O God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. 
because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. Psalm 8 says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Who have set your glory above the heavens. We serve a great God who's ready to lead you out of everything. Out of every storm, he's ready to redirect it. Out of every circumstance, he's ready to shift it. Out of everything you go through, he's ready to work it together for good. He says, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen. Even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, our Lord. How excellent how excellent is your name in all the earth. How great is our God. God is ready to redirect your storm. God is ready to see you through it. God is ready to bless you and make you strong. God is ready to have faith, build your faith. God is ready to build your character. God is ready to shape you more like Jesus Christ. No matter what you're going through today. No matter what you're going through today. No matter how rough that storm feels, no matter how rough that tempest feels, God is ready to help you here today. Lean on him. Lean on him with all of your strength. He will show you the way. He will help you. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate you guys. I'm just going to reread the verses that I used. Matthew chapter 8 was about the storm. Went over to John 16.33. If you guys want to write this down. Got Matthew chapter 8. John 16.33. James chapter 1. Verses 2 through 4. James chapter 1. Verse 12. Romans chapter 8. Verse 18. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16-18, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, and then the Psalms we used were Psalm 42, Psalm 46, Psalm 40, Psalm 63, Psalm 8, and I'm just going to close this, guys, with the priestly blessing found in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 through 26. He says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Hallelujah.